Hi, this is Craig, and thank you for tuning in and hearing another episode on God's message and living the Christian life. He shares with us how to overcome the enemy's temptations every day, the distractions, the noise. How do we even survive? God's going to share with us. And today is no different than any of the other days when we get together. I want to share with you about a great many fantasy books that have the story about giants. Of course, we have some of the most famous books, and it's children's book that we're all familiar with. It's a story of Jack and the Beanstalk, yeah. This giant, yeah, you know, he wasn't the friendliest after Jack climbed up there and stole the goose that laid the golden eggs, that's for sure. But there are names of other giants that we have heard of. How about Bone Crutcher, Manhugger, Andre the Giant, just to name a few. <coughs> Excuse me. Let's just take a moment and look at the definition of what giant says from Webster Dictionary. A living being of great size, something unusually large or powerful, having extremely large size, proportion, or power, a person of an extraordinary powers, a legendary human-like being of great stature and strength. There. That should just do it about all the definitions, wouldn't you think? Make it simple. A giant is considered to be a very big, powerful dude. How's that for a definition? And, of course, we are familiar with one of the most famous giant stories in the Bible. He was the giant of the Philistines, as found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Verse 4 through 6, it says, A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubics and a span that equals approximately nine foot and nine inches as they measured it. He had a bronze helmet on his head and he wore a coat of scale of armors weighing 5,000 shekels. And this equates to about 125 pounds, if you didn't know. And on his legs, he wore these bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. He was a big dude, a giant by any definition, and he also had quite the attitude to go with this size, too. Goliath was a major problem to be faced only on his terms. He mobilized entire armies just by his sheer size and challenging others to try and defeat him. The Israelites were no different. They saw Goliath as an opponent that was just too big to defeat. See, they were already psychologically defeated because they talked themselves into it because he was so big and he just put fear in everybody around him. But most of you know the rest of this story and how it ends. See, David, the shepherd boy, he saw Goliath in a completely opposite light than his brothers did. He saw him not as undefeatable, but what David saw was someone just too big to miss. Now, today's message is not going to be another presentation. There's thousands of them you've already heard on how to overcome giants in a life. I'm not going to be talking about that. There are too many other ones out there. No, today's message that I'll be sharing is titled, 
living amongst the giants. And we're going to hear what God has to say about this. I want to begin. Have you ever lived with giants in your life? Yeah, of course you have. But I'm not talking about a physical specimen like Goliath or Andre the Giant or even Shaq. I'm talking about other types of giants that we know all too well. And it's not what you think, though. See, I want to share with you about people who were giants in their time. Now, your first inkling might be thinking about a few sports figures or maybe someone in the movies or the media. Maybe an honest politician, if you can find one, but these are not the people who I'm talking about today. One man that comes to mind is Winston Churchill. See, in the summer of 1940, he gave an inspirational fight speech that inspired the people of his country into great heroic acts, even though all things looked so very grim for them. And I want to share with what he said. This is, this is what he said here. We shall go on to the end. We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and oceans. And we shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. And even if, which I do not for a moment believe, this island or a large part of it were subjugated and starving, then our empire beyond the seas, armed and guarded by the British fleet, would carry on the struggle until, in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to rescue and to liberation of the old. He was a giant for his time, and his words of that day, they have a profound stirring power for us in America today. This speech of Winston Churchill could easily be spoken to us to fight against the totalitarian attempt of our current administration in Washington, D.C. It doesn't matter which camp you're in, and I don't care, but the fact is the government is trying to take away our rights at our liberties, all the while trying to divide us from one another. Black, brown, red, white, or blue. It doesn't matter your color, race, origin, where you live, go to school, your vocation. It doesn't matter. We are all Americans. And this is about what America is. As a side note, if you have a chance, I would strongly encourage you to listen to Ronald Reagan in his farewell speech when he left the White House in 1989. He says that we tell the people, no, we the people tell the government what to do. They do not tell us. Our Constitution says that we the people tell the government what it is allowed to do, not the other way around. You see, the current government administration is a giant we are all having to learn to live with. So how do we do that? Hold on to that thought for just a moment. The type of giants that I want to share with you are those giants of faith, where we will learn how to live with one of our own current giants. 
Well, what does a giant of faith look like, you ask? Well, I could not find anywhere in Scripture that says a giant of faith is. What we do find, though, are people that are commended for their faith. And as you might know, the so-called faith chapter of the Bible is considered to be in Hebrews chapter 11. And I want to begin there and let's see what traits these people are all known for. People who are righteous. In Hebrews 11.4, by faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. For our purpose today, let's define righteous as that which is doing right out of a right, quote, right heart, according to God's standard. Looking at Cain and Abel in this context, we see two very different sacrifices and two different results. Scripture doesn't tell us outright why God liked one over the other, but I see it that God is looking at the heart from this language as used. The Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but he did not have regard for Cain and his offering. The language referenced here is looking at the person and not necessarily at the specific offering. God was judging the heart of these men, and the heart was shown by the sacrifice given by each of them. And that is how God looks at our offerings to him. I'm not talking about just money. He is looking at a heart, not the offering itself. Another trait of those who are giants of our faith is that they are people who have vision. Hebrews 11, 8-10 says, By faith, Abraham, when called to go a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made home to the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promises. He was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. I want to jump to verse 13 through 16 now. And it says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. These giants don't have myopia. Their focus is on God's promises. They believe in God's power. And they held fast to his promises because they know that he who makes those promises is faithful and will accomplish all of what he has said. Next, I'm going to look at the giants that are willing to suffer. And we're starting this in verse 24 through 26. By faith, 
Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. As you know, Moses was adopted into a rich and influential family. The pharaoh of Egypt is his grandpa, for goodness sake. But during this time, Egypt is the most powerful and wealthiest nation on earth. Moses had it made living there. But he chose to walk away from it all. For what? Pain? Hardships? And the answer is yes. He instead chose to be mistreated and disgraced for the sake of Christ. Moses chose the long road of vision and looking ahead to his reward. Now verses 32 through 35 shares a long list of these giants of faith, but not one of them did incredible deeds. 35 through 38 it says, There were others who were tortured. Some faced jeers and flogging, chains and even imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning, sawed in two, and some killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. See, these people put it all on the line for God. If God chose to do miraculous things to them, they praised him. If God chose for them to be killed or be destitute, persecuted, mistreated, they still praised him. And they kept on going. You know, we've been hearing about these traits of these giants of faith. And they are people who are righteous, looking forward with vision. And they are willing to lay it all on the line, to sacrifice it all for Christ. But there is one more thing that defines these people. In Abraham, he feared for his life twice and asked his wife to lie for him. There was no child as promised by God as his years kept passing by, but so he took matters in his own hand, had relations with Hagar, in fear of not having a family at all. Well, as we know, that certainly caused many undesirable consequences throughout his life. And Isaac, he repeated his father's sin with his wife Rebekah, lying to the king of the Philistines in fear of his own life. And Jacob, he deliberately deceived his father and cheated his brother. And his many wives and concubines caused him many, many years of grief. How about Moses? He got angry with the people and did not do what God asked him to do. That's from another episode. You can hear about that. And David? Yeah, as a hero he was with defeating Goliath, he committed adultery and murder for goodness sakes. So what do you think it is about all these people? They were all common, ordinary people, just like you and me. They had mountaintop experiences, and they were in deep, dark valleys, too. And many of the valleys they dug themselves into by their very own sins. These are just common people following after God, even in all of their weaknesses. As I close, though, today, I want to ask you, what giants are you living with today? The giant in your life might be abandonment. It might be sexual abuse, 
maybe financial struggles, job changing cultures, the job search. How about a nagging neighbor or coworker who just won't leave you alone? Of course, there's government tyranny, or maybe you're just frustrated and you feel overwhelmed from psychological and emotional defeats because your demands are not immediately being met. Are you feeling defeated, discouraged? Because your goal just seems so far away and like you're never going to get there. And many times in life, we all face giants that seem impossible to conquer. But God says in Joshua 1.9, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. How about 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9? We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. And finally, in Isaiah 41, 10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. And help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I want today, I want to inspire you. Take courage from these great men of faith we have heard about. Learn to live amongst these giants without fear. Those situations you want to call giants, they cannot compete with our army, for they will be defeated. God says he will. Stand strong in your faith. Never concede. For God has promised victory to all of us. Amen and amen.